are listening live to the program. Your teams, your town, your program. So you don't oh. have to. Oh, oh here we go. Movement. What's going on here? Come on, cameraman, go in there, please. Is that Trav? That looks oh, that like it could be him. Oh, that could be. That, that could be Travis. Oh, no, that We've looks like couple... it could be Travis. <laughs> that actually could have been Travis. So I think that's Travis. I, I feel like... Is that his brother in tow? My guys are the most important thing. My fam, uh, my family and my plays, outside of breathing air, they're the most important thing in my life. That's why I'm still coaching today. They are the air that I breathe. Sometimes, all I need is the air that I breathe and to love you. And now, the air that we all breathe. Soren Petro. Right you are, Kay. Right you are, Petro, the program on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Thanks for joining us here on a beautiful, spectacular Thursday. Uh, doesn't get any better than this. No. This is February, folks. It does make me nervous that, like, July is going to be, like, 97. I said that same thing to Ron, like, right as it, before I came upstairs. I was like, it's going to be... Infinity degrees in July. Someone well, called Boddicker, have him look in the, the farmer's almanac. 81 on Monday. Yeah. Am I going to have to go to the AC in February? Is this you happening? You might. Wow. All right. Listen, it's a beautiful day. Enjoy it. Get outside, Kansas City, if you haven't. Uh, you're missing out because it is a beautiful day. Well, I'm looking forward. 74 Monday, 80 Tuesday, 39 Wednesday. <laughs> Then 52, 63, 68, and then kind of back to normal. It's going to go from a high in the 80s to high in the 30s in Usually when consecutive it jumps, days. When, from that kind of high to that low in one night, we're going to. Are we, are we supposed to get some storms the night of the I think. They're, I think. They're, did they say would, snow on that with that 39 high? Nah, I don't think so. There was rain or something with it. Let's see what it was. It's, 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 it's you know. Hey, it doesn't normally go. It, you usually don't get a 50 degree drop in highs yeah. without. Some sort of And it's usually noise. not that warm this time of year unless there's a lot of wind, and wind often brings in got some kind of a front, but I'm seeing nothing. Uh, oh, really? I thought it saw rain anyway. Oh, well. All right, enough about the weather. Let's talk about what we're going to discuss today. Uh, coming up in our 3 o'clock hour, we'll play Stump the Chumps. Also, there can be only one. Peter Yates, Enoch, Todd Lebo join us uh, for the uh, 3 o'clock hour. Frank Bull in the 4. That's right. We had to move Frank around because we were in surprise, or I was in surprise, uh, Jack Johnson and myself, yesterday. Uh, so Frank uh, was kind enough to move back, and then uh, we brought home gifts you did. We did. Matt Cotrero and Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, had a chance to sit down with both of them. We will play both of those in the 5 o'clock hour today. I asked for dubbed, a T-shirt. You brought back Bobby Witt Jr. Yeah. We've dubbed the 5 o'clock the Skipper and the Future. The Skipper and, and the Future. Uh, it's not. It's not. The Ripper. Playing the role of Gilligan is not Bobby Witt Jr.? No. Bob Denver, actually. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good to know. Good to know. Um, all right, let's get started, though, with a little bit of Chiefs football. By the way, we'll open up the phone lines, 913 810. There we go, 913 810 810. If you want to join us, hit me up on the Twitter at Soren Petro, S O R E N P E T R O, on the Twitter, the X, if you will. Mm hmm. Still. Rated X. Yeah. Um, it's Twitter, baby. Yeah. That's what it will be for me. Let's start with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, though. Uh, draft day is uh, now 
what it always happens on a Thursday. So nine weeks, we nine weeks from nine weeks from today. Nine weeks from today uh, will be the NFL draft. Isn't it fun winning Super Bowls that we don't get into the draft like in you know <laughs> September? September yeah. it's Start like, watching college football games just to see who your NFL team can draft. Like 2011, the first, the home opener was a 41 to seven loss to the Bills, and the next day it's like, well, let's talk some draft. Where can we find a quarterback? Uh, it's a brave new world. It's our first foray into the uh, NFL draft. Uh, let's talk a little bit about a story written by one uh, Matt Miller from the ESPN. Uh, he has he does, he breaks down the NFL draft. We, we have him on from time to time. We'll see if we can get him on to talk about this. He lists 16 players, and we've always talked about this, there's anywhere from eight to, say, 24 in a good year, real first-rounders. Yeah. You know, that top tier where you're like, these guys are going to play. Barring injury, they're going to play for eight-plus years in the league, and they're going to play at a fairly high level to a, to a great level. These are the real premium guys. There's no chinks in the armor. You know, they, they check all the boxes to at least an average or better than average, yeah. and these are the real first-round picks. The rest are just first-round picks because there are that many teams. There may be more than this. There may be a couple of these that don't belong on the list. This is Matt Miller's list, so we'll use this like our scouts have come back, and the consensus after we, playing the role of Brett Veach, have sat down and talked with all of our lieutenants that there are 16 players. Those players... I'll give you the ones that we're not really interested in first. Quarterbacks. It's all right that Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, and uh, Drake May are in the first-round category. We ain't drafting them. We're down to 13 guys. Mm-hmm. And again, we're picking 32, right? 3-2. Wide receivers, the scouts have come back and told us there are four legitimate first-round wideouts. Marvin Harrison of Ohio State, Malik Neighbors of LSU, Roma, uh, Roma Dunze uh, from Washington, and Brian Thomas also from LSU. Why wouldn't LSU better? You wonder. Uh, why wasn't LSU better? Do they fire the OC? I was going to say, they can somebody. They can a big court, one of their, at least one of their coordinators. Didn't they, they can Matt House, the D.C. Well, yeah, they do with the OC. Pretty clear. Former Chiefs tight end coach. Uh, tight end Brock Bowers, we're interested in. Uh, offensive tackles. Scouts tell us there are three legitimate first-round picks. Joe Alt of Notre Dame. Uh, you gotta, we got to find a pronunciation on this so I can start practicing. Alumua Fashanu. Fashanu. Probably from Penn Fashanu State. or Fashanu. Fashanu, prob- probably Fashanu. Uh, and Talese Fuaga. 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 I, w- I would I guess based upon uh, what I was taught by Kila Ka'ahui. Kila Ka'ahui? Ka'ahui. Yes. Yeah. Um, from Oregon State. Though we got three offensive tackles grading as a first rounder. We got two edge rushers, Dallas Turner and Jared Verse. Not interested. Not you know, if it's, if one of them grades is Derek Thomas and neither one of them do, I'm always interested. And we'll figure out whether or not we're going to play George Karloff. We're going to play kind of undersized and mm-hmm. move Karloff to serve on UDK Uzama in. But reality is we're not spending the first-round pick probably on an edge. So those two you can take out. Byron Murphy, the second defensive tackle from Texas, we're interested in. Always interested in corners. Uh, Terry and Arnold and Ennis Rakestraw from Missouri yep. coming in. And that's your list. So to me, you can take off five of the 16, and we're down to 11 guys. And 
really on the two corners. If they fall to me at 32, okay, we're going to talk about them. Yeah. But I'm not moving up to go get a corner. No. But it does make it a little bit easier if you say, okay, we're going to walk on Legereus Sneed. If if we can lock and load one of these two corners, Terry and Arnold from Alabama or Rakestraw from Missouri, then we've got a ready-made replacement and, and we're good to go. So we're always listening on corners. We're always listening on the premium positions. We're always listening on edge, but we've taken a first-round edge each of the last two years. We've got two young guys, and frankly, we have some needs to fill. Well, we're really excited. Three offensive tackles, a tight end, four wide receivers, right? Those are our eight most premium spots. I'm thinking offense is where I want to go. But if you're going to walk on Chris Jones, then we'll see where By- uh, Byron Murphy ends up being. Um, the, I-, I would be surprised, frankly. I just We're going to play this game based on Matt Miller because we think Matt does a good job. And it's based on who the first-round picks are for everybody. But at six feet, one inches tall, that's not really a uh, Steve Spagnuolo-type defensive lineman. No. He likes the long, yep. linear guy. So I'm going to go ahead and take him off the board. We, we're fine with him. But, again, he's another fall to 32. Best player available. We didn't think he'd be here at 32. And, yes, we got other wideouts. Everybody else on this list is gone. And Byron Murphy's at 32. I'll take him. Right? We're not passing up a premium talent. Even though, Steve, make it work. Okay? Um, he's not long like you like, but... He's really good. He's more of an Aaron Donald type, and we're not cutting Aaron Donald, so make it work. Um, type, 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 diet, version. In fact, of. his, his uh, comp is Justin Matabuike from uh, Baltimore, who was, very, who was very good. All right, so that leaves us basically ideally with four wideouts, a tight end, and three offensive tackles, right? I mean, that we would consider moving up for. Yeah, although three of them, at least a couple of them, I think, can't be reached regardless of, I mean, I don't think you okay. get to two. That, that's the game. Yeah, I don't think. Who you, can't we reach? You can't get to Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay. I mean, think of what they gave up to go from 27 to 10 for Mahomes. You can't get to two. Look at what teams give up to go from 10 to two or 10 to three. It, it's it's to go from 32 to three, impossible. Okay, Field Yates wants work for the Chiefs. He's got his mock draft out, mm-hmm. right? And this is mock, yeah. Round one predictions. Um, he's got his mock out. So let's let's say this is our consensus mock on where how it's going to fall. This is our board. This is our board. Right? The three quarterbacks are one, two, three. Harrison is four. Joe Alt is five to the Chargers. Damn. So they're going to go with another tackle. Uh, that's what we're hearing. That's where, how we're sliding the board. Uh, Malik Neighbors uh, goes six to the Giants. Odunze goes seven to the Titans. Dallas Turner, the edge from Alabama, goes eight. Uh, Latu, uh, edge from uh, UCLA, he's got going nine. Not one of our 16. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're happy to see that one. Uh, uh, Fashanu from uh, Penn State goes ten. Uh, Jared Verse, uh, one of the edge rushers from Florida State, 11. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, yeah. Get a quarterback in there. Hell yeah. Uh, he goes 12. We got him going 12 to Denver. Uh, Byron Murphy then goes 13 to the Raiders. That's okay. Tyler Guyton goes 14. Offensive tackle from Oklahoma. Uh, Terry and Arnold, there goes one of the corners. 15. Brock Bowers all the way down at 16 to the Seahawks. And is that, and then uh, Fa, uh, Fuaga 
from Oregon State is at 18. Also in there, uh, Jackson Powers Johnson, the center from Oregon, uh, is 17. And that is our list of our 16. Our, all 16 of ours are gone hmm. by 18. Is that right? Rake straw. Oh, we haven't gotten Rake straw. Okay. So then, just, just so to give you the rest, uh, Quinion Mitchell, corner Toledo. Uh, Bo Nix, quarterback, Oregon to the Steelers. Uh, Fowler to, uh, Tanu, guard or offensive tackle from Washington. Uh, Nate Wiggins, corner from Clemson. Rake Straw goes 23 to the Texans. That's our last guy, right, out of yep. our 16. Yep. So that's our projections. So if we want to get one of those guys, if we're going to go corner, we can get the Rake Straw, it looks like, and maybe we got a chance that he does fall and drops and drop. He's at 23. Maybe, you know, people value different things with corners. Uh, but if we want to get to one of our eight, lowest guy on the board, 16, Brock Powers. No, no, uh, Fogga. Where's uh, Where's Brian Thomas Jr., the LSU wide receiver? Oh, is he not gone? Uh, I thought we'd I'd gone through all of them, no. Because that's, that's the one guy, the four wide. wide 28, the Buffalo. There Good you point. go. That, that might be your guy. So, you know. Are you willing to move up? How would you move up? What do you want most? Right? Those 16 guys are the first round picks that we see, the true round one talents. Do you have a need? Are you going to draft for need or are you going to take the best player available? Or does wide receiver or left tackle trump anything you got when it comes to wide receiver? What do you think the biggest need on this team is? I'm always the, the the ideal scenario for me is to have a young, really, really good left tackle for a long time because I think we've seen now look, ideally you'd like a better wide receiver situation than the Chiefs had this year. Granted they still won a Super Bowl. But let's look at last year. They fell off from Tyreek Hill to Juju, and they were still the one seed. So they were still a, a, the AFC favorite going into the playoffs this year. They made the Super Bowl. They weren't necessarily the favorite once January began. Um, but I think it's kind of been shown that Mahomes can do a lot to raise up receivers who are he, – he can take a receiver who maybe is a six or a seven on another team and raise him to an eight. Uh, I want that guy protected. I want to protect it at yeah. not all costs, but a lot of costs. And, and I don't want another, even though, again, they won the Super Bowl last year, too, I don't want to deal with another January of him hobbling. What makes that tough is that every NFL team kind of feels is along the same lines. And so the, that's why you see Joe Walt at five. And maybe in years past, that guy might be down a little further to get at the, where the Chiefs are, to get an inexpensive top-shelf left tackle, you kind of have to take someone that isn't really projected to be that guy, is projected to be the next level down, and hope he becomes that guy. Yeah, and again, we're we're using these lists as this is what our scouts come back as. Doesn't mean that there aren't some projects that they like down further on, but these are the guys that have all the traits we want. Yep. And so I'm with you. Like, the question is, do you have the resources? And you do with future year picks. But do you have the resources to go get, and are you willing to give them all up? And you've only got five picks, right? You're going to get some compensation picks. I think they'll end up with seven picks. I think they're going to get at least two picks uh, out of what they gave up from uh, last year. And I'm drawing a blank, but I know somebody was good. But they walked on last year. Who was it? Uh... What did Juju wind up signing? 
He didn't. He's not going to help. He didn't. Um, He'll help. I mean, that much. But uh, who am I forgetting? Somebody else. There was Juju left, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe I was counting on Juju. Maybe who, I'm thinking all the way back to the, the who's the, the corner year. that went to the Niners? Did he go two years? Charveris ago? Ward went two years. That was ago. two years ago. Let's see. What about the guy that the linebacker who was up here from Dallas and Bolton replaced him? Hitchens? Nope. He's not going to get signed anywhere. Well, I'm missing somebody. Oh, Juan Thornhill. Yeah. Left. Juju left. Oh, uh, uh, Orlando. What? Oh, yeah, that's Orlando right. Orlando Brown. There you go. Orlando Brown. That's the other one. So Orlando Brown and Andrew, Juan Thornhill. Andrew Wiley and Frank Clark were the other ones that left, but they're not going to play again. Andrew Wiley. Well, Wiley might. Right yeah, that's true. Andrew Wiley will. So I think you're going to get at least a couple of compensation picks. The question is, is there something in here that warrants going up and making it happen? And so from 32, to me, if, if we're right on how this projects out, then – we got to get up. If, if you like one of the wideouts, you only got to go a little bit, you know, to get as as, as you mentioned, Brian Thomas from from LSU. If you want to go there, you only got to go up a little bit because he's sitting there at twenty eight. So somewhere in the twenty four, five, six, seven range, Brett Beach is on the phone with people to start trying to get there, and maybe even up in the twenty range because that's where he popped up to get Trent McDuffie. Yep. So again, we're looking at it. And we're seeing these guys are here. Two things stand out to me about this little exercise. One, it looks like to get one of the left tackles, you know, Fuaga lasted at 18. At, at 14, 15, we're having to get on the phone. I think we're talking about next year's first-round pick to get there. So are you willing to give up next year's first-round pick to get an offensive tackle? If you believe that this is a starting left tackle, I am. And you're probably giving up... I mean, most ideally, you're giving up the 32nd pick, unless something... You're giving up a late 20s late, Like pick. 25th to 32nd type pick. Yeah, and and if you get this left tackle, if you come back and you're better at left tackle, offensively, I think you make a big jump. I think Mahomes can stay in the pocket longer. I think Taylor finally settled down in the second half. I think you look real good if you get a great athlete. And, and who knows... Yeah, I've, I've seen other things that have Alt being the guy going 12, 13, 14. But if you can get to one of these guys, then if you let Chris Jones walk, and if you let LeJarrius Sneed walk, or if you trade them and trade them for picks in future drafts, which erroneously, in my opinion, teams value less than picks in this year's draft. That might be the next Moneyball sort of thing. I think football. it's... Slapping him in the face, particularly for a guy like Brett Veach, who has no heat. His seat is icy cold. Yeah. He's got to wear thermal underwear. His seat is so cold. You know who Brett Veach could take a take a lesson from in this regard? Different sport, obviously, but Sam Presti, Oklahoma City. Who oh, just, yeah. Just a future first-round pick one after the other, and now look where yeah. they are. Yeah, exactly. And now, now they're one of the top teams in the West. Like, this to me is, do you take this opportunity? I know everybody, and again, we've talked about it a lot this week, but I'm going to mention it again. The chance to win three in a row. That is great, but you, you, that, you're certified to have a chance to win three in a row because you have Patrick Mahomes. Right? That's certified. But here you have an opportunity, if you would franchise and trade – and I, I'm trying to talk to some people and get more of a feel for where this would go. But if you franchise and trade Jones and you let Sneed walk, 
or or vice versa, and you come away with a bushel of future seconds and thirds, hopefully a first, that'd be great. But maybe you get, you know, two seconds for Jones. Like, can you imagine who's desperate? Like, if you get a team who really thinks maybe they're just a couple, you know, moves. Buffalo, for example. Like, I think Buffalo would overpay. Buffalo's kind of in the position that the Chiefs were in 2019. Buffalo, I think, would overpay in money and in packs for a guy like Chris Jones. You're thinking in terms of winning. Think in terms of people whose asses are on the line. Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus in Chicago have to have a winning record. And and that could get you... They could be in the top half of the of whether you get a second round or a first round. It could be the top half of that round. You you could be looking at high second round picks. My point is this: if you're willing to walk on them, you can spend next year's first this year to go get the left tackle to solidify that spot and not have to worry about it anymore. They've done a great job of making do, but again, making do and winning in spite of a problem is not the plan. Right. Right, we have we, kudos to Andy Heck, kudos to Donovan Smith, kudos to Jarek McKinnon for chipping, and Kelsey for chipping, and Isaiah Pacheco for chipping, and kudos to Andy Reid for the play design and the play calls. Mad props. But think about how good you'd be if you didn't have to do that. If you got a hole in your living room wall, you could cover it with duct tape. Yes, but wouldn't you rather a, just a new wall? Hmm. Chris Ballard. Like, you can go to bed if you hang a picture over the hole. Yeah. It's still going to be chilly and you're going to pay a lot more for your heat. Okay? Let's fix it right. And then we'll then we'll go about building things. To me, if you're going to let those guys walk, right, people will be like, oh, why are you? You only have five picks this year. If you're going to, in some way, shape, or form, hopefully trading them to maximize their returns. Right? If you let them go and you take all picks to the future, then giving up the first-round pick next year doesn't really even hurt you that much. Because, number one, you get a bunch of seconds who are cheaper and largely, as we're pointing out, are just the same kind of player because you're going to be picking out a spot that you're not getting a first-rounder anyway. So if the dummy bears or, you know, who else is in that category of the Raiders, Antonio Pierce and all his crap talk, if they're there, if the Texans think they're pr- – it doesn't matter who they are. Anyone who wants to make it happen, Fight and you can get that pick. The Giants, we got to bounce back. We got to get better on defense. We got to make that happen. Vikings, Cowboys, we're all in right now. We got to make this happen with Dak Prescott. His cap number is going to $60 million. The Dolphins, who are like, we only got another year. Who I don't care who it is. If you can move those players and come back with a lot of picks – Right, obviously, the better the team, the lower they are. So you need more of them, and then it gets easier to move next year's first and go up and get the thing to me that you would really covet, and that's the left tackle. I would love to get a wide out, but I don't think you're going to get up to the two guys, because I, I love those as first round picks. But I think it's it's to me, and you're right, Marvin Harrison. You're not going to get to because nobody's going to trade him out, and Malik Neighbors are the real gems. That's going to take you, it costs so much to get up. I don't think you can get up there. But if we're talking about getting to 12, 13, 14, next year's first round pick, right? And another later pick should get it done. And if you could put left tackle in place right now for about the same cost as what you ended up paying Donovan Smith, 
and then come away with a lot more picks next year to keep replenishing the youth on the team, yep. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. 913-310-810. We'll go to the phones next. You can grab a line right now. 913-310-810. Uh, hit me up on the Twitter. It's at Soren Petro. S-O-R-E-N-P-E-T-R-O. You're listening to the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Petro, Seabolt, Dravetta with you here on a spectacular Thursday here in Kansas City. Uh, 913-310-810. Uh, a little draft exercise to get things started here on what it might look like and what the plan might be for Brett Beach and his crew. There's a Chiefs signing. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN says the Chiefs signing free agent punter Matt Ariza. Sixth round pick in 2022. He was out of football last year due to a rape lawsuit, which was dropped last December. That's the um, Arizona State. Arizona State punter, yeah. With a big leg, so uh, Tommy Townsend, free agent. So maybe that's could be the replacement. Big leg. That does kind of point in a direction, does it not? It does. Isn't Butker coming up too? I mean if you gotta I mean Butker will never hit the open market. That's what I'm saying. I mean <laughs> until he's like thirty eight is my That's what I'm saying. He's so going to the Hall he, of Fame. I think if you look at his contract they might they, they might be in a position where they they have to re up both and if you gotta overpay or pay a lot for one, I think they'd choose Butker. Yeah, I would. I would too. I would. That's the direction I'd go for sure. Um yeah. That does kind of signal up where they think the negotiations are going to go with Tommy Townsend, doesn't it? Yes. Because he was a premium talent. For sure. And that the, he was the guy that the Bills signed, right? And then yes. ended up cutting. Mm-hmm. And then the charges ended up being dropped. Yeah. They're not afraid to wade into no. some territory there. Interesting. Interesting. All yeah. right. Nine one three three eight ten eight ten. The uh, phone number. Let's go to the phones. Uh, we'll start with Ted. You're in the program, Ted. What's going on, buddy? Hey guys. I, I I didn't get a chance to talk to you after Super Bowl, and I was just curious. I want I want to talk about the draft, but just curious if anybody experienced Super Bowl like I did. I think my wife was ready to fit me for a straight jacket or call a loony bin during the game. I. I was agitated. I was just beside myself. I was nervous the whole time. And then when we hit overtime, I I was, like, totally relaxed. I I thought it was inevitable when we hit overtime. And and I don't know if that's because I just – I felt like they needed this Super Bowl to legitimize everything that they've done in the last – the way the press was and all that. So I, I think that's interesting that you said that, that it was inevitable when they hit overtime because basically the clock is turned off now with the Super Bowl overtime rules. Uh, you know, they 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 knew they could take as long as they wanted, mm-hmm. and I think once you just make it about who can score, uh, they're not going to do. They're not going to win every single time, but you. And, and you take the ball first and give the Chiefs the knowledge that they can use fourth down and should use fourth down. They have to use fourth down. Yes, I'm with you. And I, I think that's the staggering, which we don't need to replay what we talked about with why it was so ridiculous for Shanahan to take the, you know, take the ball. But that's how good they are offensively yeah, the- right now when they're down yeah. offensively. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in regards to the draft, um, a couple things uh, roster-wise. Can they just eat Kadarius Tony's 
a twenty or two and a half million dollar deal. I, I I just don't know why they'd put up with it. He, he isn't going to play twenty five percent of the games next year, regardless of fifteen different reasons why. Can they just eat that? And then a uh, question on last year's draft: uh, Do you think Brett Beach? Uh, the one regret I have is that we didn't take Sam Laporta. Uh, for the tight end, I think that tight end's got to be replaced at some one time. And then the third thing I got. Well, is, when when you said it's got to be replaced sometime, when does he need to be replaced? Because if you took Sam Laporta and he you know had twenty two catches that Noah Gray had for four years, and then left in free agency while Travis Kelsey played to age thirty seven, would you be happy with that pick? I, yeah, no, I I just I guess I. I'm looking at it. My opinion is I don't think Travis is going to play that long, um, but I might be wrong. I just I I don't know if we get get another chance to have that kind of player. Yeah, like we could have had with Laporta. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm all for getting another quality tight end in there and playing some two tight ends and playing it well. Uh, so I, I don't hate that. Like Brock Bowers, if Brock Bowers for some is that fifteen or sixteen, we're having a long conversation about moving up to get Brock Bowers, and and you've got the heir apparent to Kelsey, but you also now play them both at the same time. And it's like two big slot receivers, and you can run out of it. So I, I'm, I'm I don't disagree with your assessment of of going tight end. And I know FAU didn't, wasn't a big contributor, although he made a play in the Super Bowl. But yeah. I, I think if he steps in and is playing at a high level with Michael Dana moving yeah, on, can, you we're not gonna we're not gonna hate that, that pick. We're not gonna hate that pick in yeah. the future. So then the third thing is is Drew Tranquil, Chanel and Willie Gay a better deal that I hear him talking about signing Nick Bolton and Gay and maybe losing out on Gay and Tranquil. Is your money better spent? with Tranquil, Chanel, and Gay as to be signing Nick Bolton to a big extension. I don't know. I think Nick Bolton's pretty good. Um, I, I think it, you know, I'd, I'd have to see the dollars, right? Like, it's as much yeah. about how much you got to pay him. I, I think can uh, Tranquil does not – Tranquil's a tremendous backup middle linebacker, and he's a very good starting outside linebacker, but he doesn't deliver the thump that – Nick Bolton does, and I don't know how much. Yeah, you know, I, I, I assume. I guess I'm looking at the group as a to- as a total. Yeah, well, my, and, but, and, but what you're, the part you're not getting to, and where I was going was the green dot. Okay, who who, yes. who lines him up? And if Nick Bolton's the chess master that takes the calls and gets everybody in the right spot better than anybody else, that's the part that we don't know. Because I'm going to tell you, Willie Gay's not going to wear the green dot. That's not no, happening. No, and I and I and I love Willie Gay when he plays, but how often is Willie Gay not playing? He's banged up a little his, bit each year. There's been a couple of different. Made, his speed made some big plays in, in the Super Bowl, and I, I just I thought about that. I, I just I, I guess I I just looking at the overall group and and the money that that I think Gay and Tranquil are going to be a lot cheaper than hanging on to Bolton. So. And that's a, that's a fair point, and thanks for the call, Ted. I, and that's why I say I'd have to see the contract. What what are they going to give Nick Bolton? You know, he did line up alongside, you know, Anthony Hitchens, and he's aware, his agent's aware of what they were willing to pay Anthony Hitchens. So you're looking, I would assume, at Hitchens money plus. And do you want that tied up at middle linebacker? 
No, not really. I mean, I like Nick Bolton a lot, but I love him as a cheap player. And this is where, again, these decisions start happening. And you want to sign Chris Jones and you want to sign LeJarius Sneed? You're definitely not keeping Nick Bolton. No. And I don't think Tranquil's playing one for three. I don't think you're getting that deal again. He knows what his worth is. I think Tranquil's, you know, now that he's played at a high level in a Super Bowl, I I think his price tag is is higher on the open market. And, you know, I, I think I would love to have seen that deal when they signed him have been for more years. But I think Drew Tranquil is smart. You know, the, it's been said a couple of times, Drew, Drew Tranquil was looking to, you know, was soliciting the Chiefs as much as the Chiefs were recruiting him because he knew come in here, showcase your talents at the highest level, on the best team, playing on the biggest stage, and you're going to get paid. He came in on a prove-it deal, and he proved it. I, I mean, I don't. you're not getting Tranquil back for $3 million again. Yeah, gosh, thanks for giving me the Super Bowl championship. I'm going to help you guys out by taking a, a less than I'm worth. You no. know, there, there's a lot of stations that call around the playoffs, and I don't remember which one I was on, but, you know, whether it was uh, our buddy Ryan Green in Jacksonville or maybe JB down in uh, northwest Arkansas, somebody was talking about what happens next. And I said, in, in the defense being a core I said, look, you're going to find out just how good this defense was when you see how much these guys get on the open market. Like when Michael Dana gets a, mm-hmm. you know, Colin Saunders. Like who was better, Michael Dana this year or Colin Saunders last year? Michael Dana. And what Saunders get? Like seven per or something? Yeah. Three for 21 or something? Yeah. I mean, like, you're not, that's, it, that's not going to blow you away, but Michael Dana's been playing on fourth, fourth fifth-round pick money. Right now he's going to go get... Three for fifteen, you know, three for twelve. I don't know when, what it is. When you look back he, at this at this defense and, and their their ensuing contract, yeah. you see just how much money. Why that defense was so good? Michael Dane is a real NFL starting defensive end, yeah, and he's going to get paid like it. Andrew Tranquil is going to get paid, and Willie Gay is going to get paid. And you're right, Ted. Him flashing around, making plays in that Super Bowl, you know, they're going to look at him and be like, well, he's had off the field problems, but he seems to have gotten that ship righted. He does get dinged up, but man, when he plays, he He's a, a beast, and someone's going to pay him. He's going to get a big – like, I don't know how much cheaper Gay and Tranquil are really going to be than Bolton and Chanel. I, they might not be cheaper at all. Both those guys might get big checks. And then when you see what Sneed gets, and somebody's going to give Chris Jones more than $30 million a year. Mm-hmm. You know, Derek Nottie's the one guy that I think may be back in a one-year, $2.5 million deal. But – it, it, the paydays are coming, and when you see all these guys walk and get paid and start, it, it, the rest of the league's going to be like, my God, they had all these guys on one defense? Yeah, they had yeah. all of them on one defense. And they still have the guy in place who can go get those guys again for not very much money, which is why you let them walk. Yeah. nine one three three eight ten eight ten. Logan, you're in the program. What's going on, Logan? Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Um, looking at the offseason for the Royals and everything, one thing that I saw Bobby and Vinny doing a lot of, every time there was a move made, talking about the foundation being late. From a results standpoint, you know, obviously this team won, what, 50, 60 games last year. What's a number that you feel realistic of, like, okay, if, if, if the Royals win this many games, we can say, okay, the foundation is being laid for a successful future um, and, and then going forward. Because the over-under 73, which just feels – ungodly high for this it is a uh, tricky question to answer because you, what, what is the foundation michael walker at 32 years old i mean is it seth lugo 
you know, I, th- that's this is tricky because a lot of if they, you know, talking about the foundation part, then we'll get to how many games they win. Why do they win the games? Right. One of the things we're going to do is what a playoff season looks like. If the Royals win 89 games and they're in the playoffs, how did it happen? Right. Is it because Michael Walker won 20 and had a 227 ERA? I don't think so. Right. If they're a playoff team, Walker and Lugo will be what Walker and Lugo were the last couple of years. Right. And Hunter Renfro will be what Hunter Renfro's been the last couple of years. For them to be a championship team and for me to say, yes, the foundation is set. Brady Singer has to go become a James Shields-like guy, right? Or Daniel Lynch has to emerge and become the top 50 talent prospect he was back when he was down in the minor leagues. It all clicks, and 6'7", left-handed, starts coming in and, you know, you're just blowing guys away. If those things happen, if McMillan closes with all these veteran relievers, if they're all setting him up to dominate... All right, MacArthur. Uh, if those are the, the if that's the one-two punch at the back of the bullpen, if Massey becomes a twenty home run hitting second baseman with a three twenty plus on base percentage, if Michael Garcia can get the ball in the air a little bit more, but still play Gold Glove caliber third base defense, if Bobby Witt doesn't regress at all, Vinny Pasquantino stays healthy, plays one hundred and forty games, hits thirty bombs. And somebody grabs a hold of center field out of Drew Waters or Kyle Isbell, either Isbell incredible defense and and at least professional at bat, or Waters better than just a professional at bat and pretty good center field defense, then I'll tell you the foundation's laid. But if we go a whole month of Michael Massey batting 100 and Daniel Lynch bounces back and forth between Omaha and Kansas City and Brady Singer looks great one night and gets slapped around the next night and... You know, the the team is being carried by all the 30-somethings that were signed. No foundation has been laid. It's a stopgap. Simple as that. You have Bobby Witt, and that's it. And that, that, that's where this season, you know, last year was the year, what was the phrase they used? Uh, evaluation year. Yes. I don't know. There's a lot to evaluate this year, too. And I, I can see a scenario because there is a good pedigree with, with Singer, with Lynch. I mean, they're not top 100s. You know, people forget Mike Moustakas fell out of the top 100 list. He was in it. It was high in it. But then he fell out because he was disappointing at times down in the minor leagues. Right? But there are guys that have been in the top 100. MJ Melendez. Um, well, Pascatino, Singer, Lynch. You know, all those guys, if they would realize what was that potential, and that's the fact Chris Bubich comes along in July and he becomes part of the rotation as well, then I'll tell you the foundation looks pretty good. But, you know, if they're if Michael Walker and Seth Lugo are leading the way, then this is a stopgap. Okay, how about the scenario of, like, okay, so they brought in Lugo and Walker on deals that are pretty team-friendly, too, for the deadline. Like, let's say Walker and Lugo both have pretty good starts this season, the Royals aren't in the playoffs by any means or, or hunting. They trade those pieces to help get them more foundation and more leverage in the next offseason. Love it. And I think that is the fallback plan. It's not plan A. Plan A is for those guys to play, play well, and the Royals to be in contention in a weakened division. Some people are getting kind of hot, kind of hot to trot on the Twins all of a sudden. I'm, I'm not sure why they seem to have gotten better while doing nothing here over the last month and a half when I keep seeing these win projections for the Twins. But... You know, yeah, that's, you know, plan B is all, all those bullpen arms can be sent packing. Every arm that they got this year 
There's an arm like that available every year. Right? Like, what the hell have they been waiting on? And I think it was Dayton always wanting his guys. But what have they been waiting on to get in the reliever market and acquire guys that are usable pieces that hopefully if you put enough together, you win. And if you didn't, then you flip them because there'll be a whole bunch of those guys available next year as well. You, you know, your true closer, your true, like I said, that needs to be MacArthur McMillan. That needs to be one of those guys. Right? And, and you know, the, the championship team, I mean, just to fast forward it, the championship team is Vinny uh, this year. Uh, uh, an 89-90 win team that wins the AL Central has Vinny Pascatino hitting 30 home runs, uh, has Michael Garcia winning a gold glove at third base and hitting 12 you know, double-digit home runs, Michael Massey getting over 20 home runs, Bobby Witt being Bobby Witt, hopefully plus a little more, probably Waters grabbing hold of one of Velasquez being 25 home runs. Like, it will be the young guys that will click. If they win the division, because Waka and Lugo, those guys are are Lugo because he hadn't been starting that long. Maybe there's a little bit more ceiling. I love the Waka signing because you know what you're going to get. But what you're going to get is not a Cy Young winner. Right. So if you were going to have a Cy Young winner, that's Brady Singer or Daniel Lynch. And I frankly don't think it's going to be either one of them. But if you're going to have a guy really step out, it's going to be one of the young guys. So I think we'll know a lot more about what the foundation is. Or was this, you know, some shopping to one get people to vote? Yes which I think you're going to ride the coattails of the Chiefs to yes on the stadium anyway, and two, to get Bobby Witt to sign, which are both well, va- both valid reasons to do what they did. And, too, if like you've made the playoffs, you're essentially counting on the Central to just stay as stale as it has been, where like the Guardians have no identity, the White Sox are out of garbage truck on fire, Detroit's got young talent coming up, but they're still a couple of years away from really contending. I mean, yeah, the Twins are probably going to win the division, but I'm a, I, I 100% agree with you. I don't know why everybody's so hot on them when, realistically, the AL Central winner's probably going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, the playoffs are so weird. Realistically, the, I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't even uh, – yes, there, there's some validity in that. They'll be an underdog. But And thank you, Logan, for the call. Baseball playoffs are such a crapshoot that I, I think the, the Central winner will have the lowest win total. I feel comfortable saying that. Right, whoever gets, unless the Tigers' yeah. young talent explodes and they run away and hide. But I don't see this division winner being more than 91 or two wins in a no. best-case scenario. Very surprising. 913-3810-810, you're in the program. All right, welcome back. You're in the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Nine one three three eight ten eight ten. The uh, phone number nine one three three eight ten eight ten. We'll play a little stuff. The chumps coming up in our next hour. Uh, let's uh, talk to Keith right now. Let's talk a little NFL draft. Keith, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Good, buddy. What's on your mind? I got a couple questions, and I'll just hang up and just listen up okay. here. Uh, one, one question is: since Kansas City is kind of sitting in between. The three schools, in case they hate or Missouri, is there anything off these three teams that you wouldn't mind having them drafted? And the second, sure. question, second question is, a previous caller caught about they wouldn't mind drafting a tight end. And I wouldn't mind seeing them draft maybe Ben Finnett in the late, late rounds. Yeah. Because he can block out of the backfield. He catches the ball really well. And he's just an all-around. He does everything right. And I'll just I'll just listen off the air. Okay, I appreciate it, Keith. And yeah, he's one of the names I would say. That's an NFL tight end in my book. In fact, I did. Uh, PFF has this uh, their mock draft simulator that Eric Eager built for him, and it um, 
you know, you can go and it's a lot of fun. Well, that's a time vampire. Oh God, that's a rabbit hole you'll <laughs> go down. I've spent two hours drafting players, uh, trying to trade every pick I, for three hours. I've been trying to get a trade. Um, it's a lot of fun. People at your uh, cops at your door doing a welfare check because you haven't yeah. talked to anybody and have been a, to work week. weeks. <laughs> um, and I took Senate. Uh, for for the Chiefs and and I can't remember what round it was. I I took two tight ends. I took him and I took Thomas from uh, Texas. I think in the end of the second round, maybe it's top of the third. I traded out of the first round down into the uh, top of the second and picked up a next year's third uh, to move down a little bit. When I did it this way, you can do that. You can make trades and it's a, it's just a fun thing to play around with. But I, I think Senate's one. I, I think um, the guard at K State for sure. Um, is a guy that's definitely going to play. What, what, he's an all-American for God's sake. Why I'm, I'm so out of touch already on names, but um, you know he's going to go for sure. Uh, Rake Straw, like we said, BB. Uh, yeah, BB Cooper BB Cooper BB. Um, Fun name. The Edge at Mizzou is going to go. Darius Robinson. Darius Robinson is going to go probably in like the second round, maybe the maybe the third. But yeah. I, and I think he's at six four, six five. He fits kind of the mode of what. Steve Spagnuolo likes, so I, I think he would be a possibility as well. Um, listen, I'm just starting to dig in. Like I said, it's been fun because we've been talking about the team on the field and haven't had to be draft experts in October because the team was playing meaningful football games. But, yeah, there's, there's really good talent. And, listen, KU's got an offensive tackle that's going to get taken. they got an edge that's going to get taken uh, in this draft. So all three teams have real NFL talent. And, yes, later rounds for sure. All right, among players with fewer than 40 career postseason games, how many had more career postseason RBI than Eric Hosmer? Brought to you by Good Sense.